Hello everyone. Welcome to Podarium Tuning. The fifth topic of NCERT is the introduction to the Euclid geometry, which you have learned right now. So, what is a geometry? A geometry is derived from the word Greek word geo means earth and metron means measuring. Thus, the word geometry means earth measurement. Ancient Egyptians were the first people to study geometry. They were mainly concerned about the problems of finding the areas of plane figures such as the triangles, rectangles, etc. Later, the Babylonians discovered the formula for the finding areas of various rectilinear figures. The knowledge of geometry passed from Egyptian to the Greeks, and many Greek mathematicians worked on a geometry. Thale and his pupil Pythagoras were among them. Euclid was the first Greek mathematician who initiated a new way of thinking the study of geometry. He introduced the method of proving a geometrical result by deductive reasoning and based upon previously proved results and some self-evident specific assumptions called as axioms. The geometry of plane figures which we shall be studying in this next six chapters is also based upon the approach of deductive logic that is why it is a popularly known as a euclid's geometry so in this topic you have studied that the euclid has defined as a point a line and a plane the definitions are not accepted by the mathematician therefore these terms are now taken as a undefined axioms or postulates are the assumptions which are obvious universal truth they are not proved Theorems are the statements which are proved using definitions, axioms, previously proved statements and deductive reasoning. Some Euclid's axioms which are given in this topic are The first axiom is that things which are equal to the same thing are equal to one another. Second is if equals are added to the equals, wholes are equal. Third axiom if equals are subtracted from the equals, the remainders are equal. Fourth axiom, things which coincide with one another, one another are equal to one another. Whole is greater than the part. Things which are double of the same things are equal to one another. And the seventh one is that things which are halves of the same thing are equal to one another. Even he has given the five postulates which are related to the geometry. Usually the postulates are the assumptions, universal truths which are used in the geometry. So postulate one is that a straight line may be drawn from any point to any other point. Postulate two, a terminated line can be produced indefinitely. Postulate three, a circle can be drawn with any center and any radius. Postulate four, all right angles are equal to one another and postulate 5 is that if a straight line falling on other two straight line makes an interior angles on the same side that is called as a co-interior angle if taken together and their sum is less than 180 degree that is a two right angles then those straight lines meet towards that side this is the postulate 5 then the two equivalent version of Euclid's fifth postulate are for every line L and every point P 
which is not lying on L, there exists a unique line M passing through P and parallel to P. Two distinct intersecting lines cannot be parallel to the same line. All the attempts to prove Euclid's fifth postulate using the first postulates failed, but they led to the discovery of several other geometries called non-Euclidean geometry. So with the help of this axiom and postulates, we are going to solve the example. Even also in next topics, triangle, uh, quadrilateral, circle, we are using this axiom to prove the questions. Thank you. Okay, good morning everybody and welcome to the English Language Day as we are celebrating the English Language Day which is also celebrated as Shakespeare's birthday. Now I would request today's uh, host to begin with the class assembly. They have their own exits and entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Good morning, everyone. I am Muskan Malu from grade 9 through B, and I am here to introduce today's assembly. Today, my class of 9 through B and Rupali Ma'am, our class teacher and English teacher, are here to celebrate World English Day. Can you guess why is it celebrated today? You may have guessed from the up quote above. Today is England's national poet one of the greatest writer and dramatist of his time, William Shakespeare's birthday and death anniversary. To celebrate English Day, we must start by adding a new word to our vocabulary. Here is Afan Sheikh to tell us the word of the day. Good morning, everyone. I am Master Afan Sheikh and I am going to tell you today's new word. Before telling you a new word, let me tell you important something. New word increases our vocabulary. And vocabulary is critical to child success for these reasons. Vocabulary helps children to think and learn about the world. Expanding child's knowledge of words, words provides unlimited access and to new information. Today's new word is supine. It spells as S-U-P-I-N-E. And its meaning is not willingly to protest or disagree with somebody because of being morally weak or lazy. I repeat, today's new word is supine. It spells as S-U-P-I-N-E and its meaning is not willingly to protest or disagree with somebody because of being morally weak or lazy. Thank you. Now I call upon Ms. Firdo Sodagar to tell today's thought of it. Good morning everyone. Today I will be telling you the famous thought of Shakespeare that is 
love all trust a few do wrong to none its meaning is it's important to keep your heart open and to love while trusting only those who have pure intention but even to those we don't trust we must treat them with respect i repeat love all trust a few do wrong to none its meaning is it's important to keep your heart open and to love while trusting only those who have pure intention but even to those we don't trust we must treat them with respect thank you now i call upon ms gautami to tell us about the importance of language good morning all my name is gautami i'm here to tell the importance of english literature english literature is very important english literature is the study of text written in english language it includes various kinds of novels poetry books written by various writers and many more it is very important to study english literature english literature improves our vocabulary and also improves our language studying english literature opens up a world of inspiration and creativity while also developing skills that are essential for today's global environment it is a chance to discover how literature makes the sense of world through stories poems novels and plays it also enhances our ability to communicate with others once we have a common reference we can talk to anyone with greater ease literature or allows us to talk to one another more knowledgeably english literature is especially important for students it develops creative thinking skills in them in them and helps them in effective communication students who study only english language with its with its emphasis on reading and writing skills sometimes fail to see the point of english literature english literature can introduce students to a range of aspects not only of english language but also of english culture literature is important and necessary it provides growth strengthens to our minds and gives us ability to think outside the box literature helps us from ideas see the world perspectives and shift our ideologies therefore reading english literature is very important so everyone should read at least a book in 15 days thank you now i call upon rashi sarda for the importance of the day good morning everyone this is ms rashi sarda from grade 9 through b here to share the importance of the day importance of the day importance of the day English plays a significant role in everyone's life. In this modern world, the usage of English has been utilized more and more. We all know that Hindi is our national language, but most of us don't know how to speak Hindi and other languages. Everyone Uh, everyone has influence in the native language but apart from our family members we won't speak our we won't speak our uh, national language the usage of english has become common in all the sectors like education in all the sectors like education uh, medical media and business and so on to share our ideas and thoughts with people from a from a country and other countries is globalized world english is known as the language to share our ideas and thoughts with people from other countries and other countries 
uh, in globalized world english is the known language to everyone influence in the english language is important to everyone to certain people during the time of travel and business purpose everyone has different aspects of needs and working process at the same time english plays a major role in each and everyone's life without a proper english coaching no one should speak english with good fluency to improve your english start reading books and newspapers it will help you to improve your language as well as your vocabulary skills keep a note of vocabulary at the time of reading you must at least 10 to 15 new words per day and find out their meanings and increase your vocabulary thank you now i call upon miss uh, shreyas autade to speak about the next yes master shreyas autade will share his article and information about shakespeare yes shreyas you can begin um it's actually me rashi took the wrong name it is zoya Yes, ma'am. Yes, Zoya. Please continue. Language is a blood of soul, and to which thoughts run, and out of which they grow. Good morning to one and all present over here. Myself, Zoya Riaz Mujawa, will be presenting an article on importance of English language. English is the language of science, of aviation, computers, diplomacy, and tourism. Knowing English increases your chances of getting a job in the multinational company within your home country or finding work abroad. It's also the language of international communication, the media and the internet. So learning English is important for socializing and entertainment. English may not be the most spoken language in the world, but it is the official language of 53 countries and spoken by around 400 million people across the globe. Also English is the most common second language in the world. In today's world of globalization we have to get knowledge of advanced technologies and all kinds of branches of science. There is an urgent requirement of such a common language which can be understood by youth all over India which can be understood by youth all over India and the language in which all the data and information is available. Moreover English becomes the storehouse of social and political knowledge. internet use english language we cannot be effective in the world without using english language the field of education has amplified the function of english language most of the educational resources materials and books are in english the most important function of a language is to communicate properly hence english play also plays a powerful tool in communication thank you now i call upon shreyas avdadi to present some information about shakespeare It is not the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. Said by great man Shakespeare. I, Shreya Sautade of Grade Nine through B, I will tell information about William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare was born on 26 April 1564, and he was died on 23 April 1616. He was an English playwriter, poet, and actor, widely regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's greatest dramatist. He is often called England's national poet and the Bard of Avon, or simply the Bard. His extant work includes collaborations consists of some 39 plays, 154 sonnets, three long narrative poems, and few other verses. 
some of uncertain authorship. His plays have been translated into every major living language and are performed more often than those of any other playwright. They also continue to be studied and reinterpreted Shakespeare. Shakespeare was born and raised in Stratford upon Avon, Warwickshire. At the age of 18, he married Anna Hathaway sometime between 1585 and 1592. He began a successful career in London as an actor, writer, and part of owner of playing company called the Lord Chamberlain's Men. Later known as the King's Men, at the age of 49, around 1630, he appears to have retired to Stratford, where he died three years later. Few seconds, a few records of Shakespeare's private life survive. This has stimulated considered speculation about such matters as his physical appearance, uh, his sexuality, his religion beliefs, and whether the works attributes to him were written many others. Shakespeare produced most of his known works between 1589 and 1630. His early plays were primarily comedies and histories and regarded as some of the best work produced in the genres. He then wrote mainly tragedies until 1608, among them Hamlet, Romeo, and Juliet, Othello, King Lear, and Macbeth, all considered to be among the finest works in English language. In the last phase of his life, he wrote tragic comedies, also known as romances, and collaborated with other playwrights. Many Shakespeare plays were published in editions of varying quality and accuracy in his lifetime. However, in 1623, two fellow actors and friends of Shakespeare, John Hemingis and Henry Condell, published a more definitive text known as First Folio. A collected edition of Shakespeare dramatic works that include all about all but two of his plays. Last but not the least, I would conclude by saying, if we are true to ourselves, we cannot do false to anyone. Thank you and have a nice day ahead. Yes, uh, Gaurav, you have to present uh, the vote of thanks and conclusion. I think word and the thought is done, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Yes, I think uh, Gaurav, you have to do the conclusion and the vote of thanks. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, yes. Good morning. Good morning to one and all present here, especially teachers and all my dear friends. I got the dollar from 9th Ruby is going to deliver the vote of thanks to all the dignitaries assembled here. Today is the birth and death anniversary of the great poet, writer, and the greatest dramatist in English literature, poet Sir William Shakespeare. He is known as father of modern English. He has massive contributions. He made into the development of English literature. In his memory, today we celebrate English Language Day. Today we got got to know many things about Sir William Shakespeare, new world by Afan, thought by Sindor, importance of the day by Rashi Sarda, article by Zoya Mujawar, information of Shakespeare was created out today. And now I am presenting the work of science. I thank every volunteer participant 
uh, and teach your two guidebooks. At least, but not the last. I thank everyone present here, making this assembly a grand success for us. Thank you, and have a nice day ahead. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Gaurav. So it was a well-conducted assembly, and I would congratulate all the participants for the presentation of their facts and for this lovely uh, assembly. Now, like before we end uh, the celebrations of the Language Day, I will just uh, share uh, a few f- interesting facts about uh, English. Uh, there is a word called "nso contact menogionon." The spelling is. E double N E A C O N T A K A I E double N E A G O N. This is actually a word in the English language, and if you thought that pronouncing is uh, very difficult, see another word: supercalicious fragilistic sex pili delosius. This is another word. So, what do you feel? Was it uh, difficult pronouncing the word? Look at the word: supercalifragilisticus epileptus. Yes. So, yes. you know what is the mean? Does anybody know what is the meaning of this word? The meaning no. of the word is the meaning of the word is also has bizarre, has weird, has this word. Word. Actually, the meaning of this word is any shape which has got ninety nine sides. any shape which is got 99 sides that is called as supercalifragilistic spialidocious that is the word which is given to the shape which is got 99 sides okay can anybody tell me which is the shortest complete sentence in an english language It's very easy. Okay, the answer is I am. I am is the shortest complete sentence in any English language. Okay, I'll tell you another thing. There is a sentence which is called as pangram. A sentence which is called as pangram. And what is very important about this sentence is this sentence. contains every letter in the language every letter in the english language is there in this sentence for example listen to the sentence carefully the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog so this is a pangram so pangram is a sentence which contains every letter in our english language so uh there are some uh, ghost words in uh, english language like does anybody know what is uh, what are ghost words anybody has an idea what is a go- uh, what are ghost words Guys, you're learning the English language for such a long time. You don't know what are ghost words. 
anybody okay i mean they are the fake words no they are not fake words actually ghost words are the words Some horror words yeah they are like the words which by mistake by mistake means printing errors due to printing errors these words have entered into the dictionary when they make the dictionary when they write a dictionary due to uh, printing errors these words get uh, into the dictionary and they are non existent so there was a word called dord d o r d and this appeared in the dictionary for 8 years a for 8 years this the word was in the dictionary in the mid 28th century after 8 years people re- uh, realized the oxford print realized that they have printed a word called dord dot which is not a word which doesn't have any synonym which is not an antonym and for 8 years it is there in the dictionary so what happened from that time onwards they started this printing error words to be called as ghost words okay now i told you the smallest sentence was i am okay i am so now tell me which is the shortest oldest and most commonly used word sentence was i am fine now which was the shortest oldest and most commonly used word name i i yes perfect it Go. is i i i it is i i i matlab me me so it is i the shortest oldest and most commonly used word is i okay another fact how much what do you think a new word to the dictionary is added in how much time every day every week every month every year so what do you think a new word is added to the dictionary in what time time span what do you think any idea i'm june man no should i tell the answer yes ma'am yes, okay Fine. It is like every two hours. Every two hours, a new word is added to the English dictionary. One more fact: English is also called as the language of air. That is A I R. Why do you think English is called as the language of air? Can anybody tell me? A I R. Air means hawa, which is spoken. So English is called as the language of air. Can anybody tell me why it is called as the language of air? Ma'am, can I try? Yes, Bachcha. Yes. Uh, English is called the language of air because it has uh, gone around the world like air. It has spread uh, around the world. Okay, a nice try. Anybody else would like to tell me why is English called as the language of the air? 
मैम बिकॉज द वर्ड एयर इज इन इंग्लिश the word air is in english because in english for air we call air in hindi for air you call hawa so hindi mein hawa english mein air hai so why is language of the air mam can i tell okay yes dear mam in 1944 as your voice is breaking dear problems Your voice is breaking, dear. Yes. Ma'am, am I audible? Yes. Ma'am, in 1944 at Chicago, some problems were there. To resolve that problems, air travel was also established. And at that in air travel, at that time, English language was established as the aviation. So this was a misunderstanding and confusion. between the international yeah that was a misunderstanding but after that it became important like let the person let the person means person means all the pilots person specifically means all the pilots let them be of any origin let them be a indian german let them be a french yeah in indian also let them be from maharashtra let them be from punjab let them be from tamil nadu yeah any international country it is mandatory it is mandatory for the pilots to introduce themselves and speak in english while flying regardless of their origin because of a misconfusion in 1944 now it is mandatory for all pilots to identify themselves and speak in english while flying regardless of their origin from wherever they are whichever country they are whichever background they are it is mandatory for all the pilots to speak in english so it is called as the language of the air because the pilots have to speak in english is it clear everybody ma'am and one and one more very important uh, thing is like now we have this girls and boys like girl is a female and boy is a male but before it was like girl actually girl was used to mean any small boy or girl matlab ladka ho ya ladki any child which is small let it be a boy or a girl it used to be called as a young person was called as a girl so before it was like the word girl which was not in, which was initially not used to refer any specific gender it just used to mean child or young person and later then it became gender specified is there anybody else who wants to share uh, anything uh, interesting about english okay uh, can anybody tell me which are the most commonly used words in english this is very easy Go. My name is. No, no. Word, not alphabet. Word. My name is very is... easy. Mm-hmm. See, my name is. We don't every time my... tell our name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Now, see you. Yes, I and you. I and you are the most. 
I and you are the most commonly used words in English language, and in alphabet it is E. E is the alphabet which is used in maximum words. E is the language which is used maximum time. Yes. Ma'am, I have a fact. Yes, dear, share it. The letter O doesn't appear in any number that is written until one thousand. Okay, good. See, one more thing, ah, uh, which is not actually also. now, huh? Letter E. Yes, ma'am. Letter A does A. not appear A. in A. any word until one thousand. Until thousand. Okay, great, great. So, with this, we end our today's assembly also, and today's language day celebrations also. Now, all of us will meet at ten forty-five. So, join on right time, and be Mom, ready with your things. With I will share it before dear. I will share it. Don't be so impatient. I will share it. And please I don't uh want all of you should remember who has to do what. And in that uh in the uh, game session that is the last uh, session also if anybody wants to share any poem of their own any riddle you can personally uh, write it to me if okay then everybody bye bye again and a happy language day. Happy language day. Same yeah. Same to you. Yeah. Bye, everybody, and please join in time. Bye, ma'am. Bye, ma'am. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, ma'am. नमो नमः छात्रा अहम ऋषभ ऋषभ औटे अद्य वितीय पाठ स्वर्णकाक पाठ पठा प्रस्तुत पाठे श्रीपदमशास्त्री द्वारा अरचित विश्व विश्वकथाशतक नाम कथा संग्रह संग्रहात ग्रहित अग्रिमे पठा पुरा कस्मचित ग्रामे एका निर्धना वृद्धा स्त्री न्यवसत तस्चेका दुहिता विनम्रा मनोहरा चसी एकदा माता स्थाल्यां तंडुला निक्षिप्य पुत्रमादिश्य सूर्यातपे तंडुलाणाम तंडुलाणाम खगेभ्यो रक्ष किंचित कालानंतरम यो एको विचित्र काक समुड्डीय तमुपा जगामह नैतादृश स्वर्णपक्षो रजतचंचु स्वर्णकाकस्तया पूर्व सद पूर्व दृष्ट तम तंदुला खादत हसत विलोक्य बालिका रोदिमाब्धा तम निवारयती सा प्राथय तंदुलाक्षय मदीया माता अतीव निर्धना वर्तते स्वर्णपक्ष काको प्रवाच्य 
मासुचा सूर्यादयात प्राप्त ग्रामात बही पिपल मनुवृक्ष त्वया गंतव्यम अहम तुभ्यम तंदुल मूल्यम दास्यामी प्रहर्षिता बालिका निद्रामपी न लेभे सूर्यादयो सूर्यो सूर्यादयो दयात पूर्वमेव सा तत्रोपस्थिता वृक्षो वृक्षस्योपरि विलोक्य साश्चाश्चर्यचकिता संजाता यतत्र स्वर्णमय प्रासादो वर्तते यदा काकशहित्वा प्रबुदस्तदा तेन स्वर्ण गवाक्षात कथितम हम हो वाले त्वमागता तिष्ठ अहम त्वत्कृते सोपानम अवत अवतारयामी तत् कतय स्वर्णमय रजतमयमुत ताम्रमय वा कन्या प्रोवाचत अहम निर्धन मातुर दुहिता अस्मी ताम्रसोपन आगमिष्या परम स्वर्णसोपन सह स्वर्णभवना मसाद चिकालम भवने विचित्र विचित्रवस्तूनी संजाता दृष्ट्वा सा विस्मय गता श्रांताम विलोक्य काक प्राह पूर्व लघुप्रातराश क्रियताम वद स्वर्णस्थल्या भोजन कसी किं रजतस्थल्याम्रस्थल्या बालिका व्याजहार ताम्रस्थल्यामेवाहम निर्धना भोजन क्या तदा सा कन्या चाश्चर्यचकिता संजाता यदा स्वर्णकाकन स्वर्णस्थल्याम भोजन परिवेशयत नैतादृक स्वादुभोजन मध्यवधि बालिका खादितवती काको ब्रूते बालिके अहमिच्छा यदा चात्रिष्ट परम तव माता वर्तते चैकाकिनी तम शीघ्रमेव स्वगृह गुक्वा काक कक्षाभ्यास्त्रो मंजुषा निसार्य ताम प्रत्यवदत बालिके यथेच्छ गृहान मंजुषा मेकाम लघुतमा मंजुषा प्रगृह्य बालिकया कथित कथितमीय देव मदीय तंदुलाणाम मूल्य गृहमागत्य तया मंजुषा समुद्घाटिता तस्याम महाराणी हीरका विलोक्य सा प्रहर्षिता तदिनाधिका संजाता तस्मिन् ग्रामे एकापरा लुब्धा वृद्धा न्यवसत तस्पुत्री आसीत ईर्षया सा तस्वर्णकाकस्यवती सूर्यातपे तंदुला निक्षेप्य तयापी स्वसूता रक्षा नियुक्ता तथा स्वर्णपक्ष काक तंदुला भक्षयन तमी तत्रवाकारयाप्रपस्थ गर्भस्यती प्रोवचत भौनी चाक अहम आगता मह्यम तंदुमूल्यम प्रय्छ काको ब्रवीत काको ब्रवीत अहम तत्कृते सोपान सोपानुमत सोपानम अवतारयामी तत्कथय स्वर्णमय रजतमय ताम्रमय वा गर्वितया बालिका 
प्रोक्तम स्वर्णमयम सोपानेन अहम आगछामि परम स्वर्ण काकस तत्कृते ताम्रमयम सोपान सोपानम एव प्रायच्छत स्वर्ण काकस्ताम भोजनमपि ताम्रभोजने यकारयत प्रतिनिवृत्ति काले स्वर्णकाकेन कक्षाभ्यांतरयो तिस्रो बंजुषया तत्पुरतः समुक्षिता लोभाविष्टा सहा बृहत्तमा मंजुषा गृहितवती गृहमागत्य सा तदर्शिता यावत मंजुषा उद्घाटयति तावत तस्याम भीषण कर कृष्ण सर्पो विलोक विलोकित लुब्धया बालिका लोभस्य लोभस्य फलम प्राप्त तदनंतरम सा लोभम परितजयत अस्मिन् पाठे लोभस्य परिणाम किम भवति इति कथयत अग्रिमे भागे मिलामः नमो नमः छात्रा वेलकम टू द वर्ल्ड ऑफ इररेगुलर वर्ब्स लेट्स बिगिन द माइक्रोफोन आई टेक टुक टेकन यू शेक शुक शेकन वेक वोक वोकन टू द स्टाइल आई एम क्रिएटिंग think thought thought seek sort sort listen to the lesson that i teach dot dot don't sleep slept slept i creep crept crept i sneak snuck snuck up you leap lap clap i kept 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 having fun i am never beat beaten i win won won do day done done begin began begun shoot shot shot No, I don't own a gun. I lead, 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 so I can feed, fed, fed. Hello, students. I'm Pragati Zogarekar. Today, I'm going to talk about the chapter motion. We are just going to revise some concepts of the chapter motion. A reference point is used to describe the location of an object. an object can be referred through many reference points origin the reference point that is used to describe the location of an object for example a new restaurant is opening shortly at a distance of 5 km north from my house here the house is the reference point that is used for describing where the restaurant is located what is motion if the location of an object changes with the time the object is said to be in motion motion in a straight line distance the distance covered by an object is described as the total path length covered by an object between two end points distance is a numerical quantity we do not mention the direction in which an object is traveling while mentioning about the distance covered by that object displacement the shortest possible distance between the initial and final position of an object is called displacement displacement depends upon the direction in which the object is traveling zero displacement When the first and last positions of an object are same the displacement is considered as zero scalar and vector quantities 
a scalar quantity describes a magnitude or a numerical value the vector quantity describes the magnitude as well as the direction hence the distance is a scalar quantity while displacement is a vector quantity let me just talk about the difference between distance and displacement first point under distance distance provides the complete details of the path taken by the object displacement does not provide the complete details of the path taken by the object distance is always positive displacement can be positive negative or zero distance is a scalar quantity where displacement is a vector quantity the distance between two points may not be unique but the displacement between two point is always unique now let me just talk about the uniform motion when an object travels equal distances in equal interval of time the object is said to have a uniform motion what is non uniform motion when an object travels unequal distances and equal interval of time the object is said to have a non uniform motion average speed if the motion of an object is non uniform then we calculate the average speed to signify the rate of motion of that object therefore average speed is nothing but it is a total distance traveled upon total time taken to describe the rate of motion in a direction the term velocity is used it is defined as the speed of an object in a particular direction therefore velocity equals to displacement upon time si unit is meter symbol of representation is meter per second average velocity in case of uniform motion is average velocity equals to initial velocity plus final velocity upon 2 and average velocity in case of non uniform motion is equal to total displacement upon total time taken now let me just talk about instantaneous speed and instantaneous velocity the magnitude of speed or velocity at a particular instance of time is called instantaneous speed or velocity uniform motion in case of uniform motion the velocity of an object remains constant with change in time hence the rate of change of velocity is said to be zero in non uniform motion in case of non uniform motion the velocity of an object changes with time this rate of change of velocity per unit time is called acceleration its si unit is meter per second square an object is said to have a uniform acceleration if it travels along a straight path its velocity changes by equal amount in equal interval of time non uniform acceleration an object is said to have a non uniform acceleration if its velocity changes by unequal amounts in equal unequal interval of time acceleration is also a vector quantity
the direction of acceleration is the same if the velocity is increasing in the same direction such acceleration is called positive acceleration the direction of acceleration becomes positive as that of velocity if velocity is decreasing in a direction such acceleration is called negative acceleration or deacceleration or even it is called as retardation negative acceleration it is again also called as deacceleration or retardation thank you so much hello everyone i am master afan samir sheik and i study in grade 9 through b today i am going to speak about the famous poem the road not taken this poem is written by the poet robert frost before starting with the explanation of the poem let me give you the central idea of it this poem is about making choices in life and choices that shape our future many alternatives are available at the time of choice but man has to select only one It is only the future that will reveal whether the decision taken is wrong or correct. After taking decision, we cannot undo them. We can only regret them. Even if we wish, we cannot start all over again. So, taking the right decision and making correct choices is very crucial to an individual's life. Any wrong decision, any wrong choice can spoil our life. So, let's begin with the poem. Stanza 1 Two roads diverge in the yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveller long as stood, and look down one as far as I could, to where it bent in undergrowth. In this stanza, we come across the words like diverged. Diverged means separated. Yellow wood. Yellow wood means the leaves on the trees are yellow, suggesting it is an autumn season. And undergrowth. Undergrowth means dense growth of plants and bushes. In this stanza poet has come into the deep autumnal wood where two roads have diverged into two ways like a fork Immediately the poet understands that as a traveler traveling both roads is impossible Here the two roads symbolize two ways to go in the life The poet first thought of traveling both the roads and then discarded the idea Then he finds himself in dilemma about the choice of roads He was confused which road to be taken. He found that the first road has bent in the undergrowth. The undergrowth here represents the unknown world. Now, let's move towards stanza 2. Then took the other just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same Here we come across the words like fair fair means good better claim means it seemed better wanted wear means look less worn out and passing means on walking down here in this stanza poet selects the road that appears at first glance to be less traveled this stanza suggests that uh, the poet has an independent spirit and does not wish to follow the crowd After a moment he changes his mind concluding that the both roads are equally one now now let's move towards stanza 3 and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black 
oh i kept the first for the another day yet knowing how way leads on to way i doubted if i should ever come back here equally lay means were equally covered trodden black means turned the path black by crushing the leaves and way leads on to way means one thing leads to another here in the stanza poet says the leaves cover both roads equally no one this morning has yet taken either path for the leaves lie undistributed this symbolizes that choices in the life open to the poet are both unknown to him the poet remains committed to his decision to take the road uh, he had previously selected saying that he will save the other road for the another day this symbolizes that he will make the other choice in his life only if he is not satisfied with the results of first one he observes that he will probably never pass this way again as one path leads to another and thus will never have an opportunity to take the other road this symbolizes that he will not be able to take the second choice in his life at all now let's move towards the stanza 4 i shall be telling with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverge in the wood and i i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference here sigh means sigh of satisfaction or regret and ages and ages hence means many years in the future in this stanza the poet says in the years to come he will be telling others about the choices he made meaning that he will be talking about what decisions in his life he took while doing so he will sigh either with the relief that he made right choice or with the regret that he made wrong choice whether right or wrong the choice will have had a significant impact on his life here we have seen the poem road not taken i conclude by saying make decisions in your life without any regrets whenever life gives you choices you have to make decisions wisely thank you hi my name is bhakti amar maske i am from class 9th opal today i am going to talk about subject sst topic non farming activities in palampur from chapter the story of village palampur at present the non farm sector in the village is not large only about 25% of the working population in palampur has acquired non agricultural occupations which is almost similar to the percentage of non farm working force in rural areas of the country though there is a variety of non agricultural activities in the village like dairy farming jaggery production transportation shopkeeping computer education etc the number of people employed in each activity is quite small after farming dairy is the most common activity in palampur people feed their buffaloes on various kinds of grass jowar and bajra grown in the rainy season the milk produced is sold to the nearby large village raiganj it has a collection come chilling centers run by two traders from shahapur town to transport milk to far away towns and cities currently very few people example less than 50 people are engaged in manufacturing sector in the village of palampur 
manufacturing in palampur involves a very simple methods and is done on a small scale it contrasts to the manufacturing that takes place in the factories of towns and cities this manufacturing is carried out mostly at home or in the fields with the help of family labor laborers are hired rarely there are very few people in palampur who are involved in trading the traders in palampur are shopkeepers who buy various goods from wholesaler pole markets in the cities and sell them in village a very few families whose houses are close to the bus stand have used a part of their space to open small shops they sell eatables a number of vehicles run on the road that connect palampur to raiganj many people are in the transport service like rickshawalas tongawalas jeep tractor truck drivers and people driving the traditional bogi and bullock cart they take people and goods from one place to another and return get paid for it the number of people involved in transport has grown over the last several years thank you hello everyone this is ms rashish jain sarda from grade 9 through b here to share about the sst chapter the story of village palampur The story of village Palampur is narratively based on the research of Gilbert Attina, a village in Bundelkhand district in western Uttar Pradesh. The purpose of the story is to introduce about the some basic concepts related to production. The overview of village Palampur is a hypothetical village named Pal- Palampur. Farming is the main productive activity in Palampur. Other productivity activities like dairy farming, manufacturing, transportation, etc. These production activities needs various type of resources like natural resources man made items human efforts money etc Palampur is having all weather roads connecting to the big village uh, Rani Ganj and the nearest smallest town is Shahpur All the kinds of vehicles move on this road Let's talk about the families in the village Palampur The number of families are 450 in which upper caste families are 80 and scheduled castes uh, are one third of the population that is 75% of the uh, landless laborers. Next we come to the facilities of village Palampur is there is a well developed system of roads, transportation, electricity, irrigation. There are also two primary schools and one high schools for children to learn. One physically healthcare center and one private dispensary next comes about the organization of production the organization of production are based on the four main things that is the land labor physical capital and human capital first the factor of the production is land land and other natural resources like water minerals forests etc the second important is the labor labors for carrying out the production activity may be done by manual workers while others may require highly skilled or educated persons the third important factor is the physical capital which are then divided into two types fixed capital as well as working capital in fixed capital there are the capital investments that are needed to start production of goods and services that also includes building machines tools ragging from plows to generators turbines computers etc this can be used in production over many years thus they are fixed in nature 
Next comes the working capital that is the raw material and the money in hands are used at the time of production activities to purchase raw material. The fourth and the last important factor of production is the human capital. Human capital is the knowledge and enterprise. It requires to put all together all the above inputs to get a proper and a nice output. Next point comes uh, farming in Palampur. Land is fixed. As we know, farming is the main activity in Palampur. 75% of working people in Palampur are dependent on farming for their livelihood. This is well-being is related to production of the farms. But no additional land has been bought under cultivation in Palampur even after 1960s except wasteland. This situation of Palampur may be compared to that of India. The cultivated land in India has increased to 12 million uh, 120 million hectare in 1950 to 140 million hectare in 2010 and 11 to sustain its growing population. The next point we have going to learn is way to grow more from same land there are four ways multi-cropping cropping seasons cropping pattern farming methods and yields we will learn about pattern of cropping is single cropping method double cropping and multiple cropping single cropping is one single crop is grown during a year on a given piece of land double cropping are two crops are grown on a single piece of land and multiple cropping is nothing but three or more crops can be grown on a single piece of land in every year. Next comes about the main important point of this chapter, the green revolution. This means this revolution bought in the field of agriculture by using yielding varieties of seeds, fertilizers, irrigations, in pesticides, insecticides, etc. In the late 1960s in state of Punjab, Haryana and Western Uttar Pradesh. There are many advantages as well as disadvantages of Green Revolution. The next important is, will the land sustain? Yes, the land will sustain if we reduce the overuse of natural resources, less of soil fertility and reduced groundwater table. Next comes about the land distribution. There is unequal distribution of land. As we know, there are total number of families 450. 150 families are landless, that is the 33% of people are landless. 240 families have small plots of land, less than 2 hectares. And the remaining 60 families have large and medium farms, which exceeds more than 10 hectares or more. Next comes the sales of surplus farm production. Small farmers use sustainable share of family needs. Large and medium farmers sell in the market. The non-farm activities in Palampura, dairy and other common activity. Small-scale manufacturing, the shopkeepers of Palampur and transport a fast developing sector. Like rickshawalas, tangawalas, jeep, tractors etc. The last point of this chapter we are going through is the use of HYV seeds. HYV seeds is high yielding varieties of seeds. The Green Revolution in 1960s introduced the Indian farmers to cultivation of wheat and rice using SIV seeds. These seeds produced 
much greater amounts of grain on a single plant as compared to the traditional seeds. In India, farmers of Punjab, Haryana and Western Uttar Pradesh were the first to try out these modern farming methods. Some farmers also brought the machinery like tractors and threshers. Farmers now had a greater amount of surplus wheat to sell in the market. That's it from the story of village Palampur. Thank you. नमस्कार मेरे प्यारे बच्चों कैसे हो आप ठीक रहिए घर पे रहिए स्वस्थ रहिए तो चलिए आज के इस नए दौर के नए सफर में हम हमारे पॉडकास्ट एक में आज एक ऐसे पाठ के बारे में जानने वाले हैं जिसके बारे में हमने चर्चा तो की है कई सारे छात्रों के ऐसे विचार सुनकर मेरे दिल में ये भावना उमड़ आई कि सच में हमारे बच्चों के अंदर या मेरे छात्रों के अंदर वह सामाजिक सामाजिकता की भावना जो है वो भरी पड़ी है जी हाँ बच्चों मैं बात कर रहा हूँ हमारे स्पर्श भाग एक इस किताब से जो पाठ हमने देखा दुख का देखा इस पाठ के बारे में इस पाठ में हमने देखा है कि कैसे पोशाक पैसा संपत्ति आदमी का समाज में स्थान या दर्जा निश्चित कर दिया एक बहुत सुंदर कहानी द्वारा लेखक ने हमारे सामने यह बात रखने की कोशिश की है अंधविश्वास जाति भेद ऊंच निष्ठा इन सब को इस कहानी के माध्यम से हमारे सामने पेश करने की उन्हें भरकस कोशिश की है कहानी में जिस बुढ़िया की बात की गई है उसका जवान बेटा तेईस साल का जो था वह अपने परिवार का निर्वाहन डेढ़ बीघा जमीन में कछहारी करके करता था परंतु सांप के काटने से उसकी मौत हो जाती है और बेटे की मौत पर बावली हुई माँ ओझा को बुला लाती है जो झाड़ फूक करता है तंत्र मंत्र विद्या द्वारा अंधविश्वास की बात है परंतु उसका बेटा नहीं बच पाता है और फिर वहाँ से जो कहानी के माध्यम के द्वारा संदेशा देना चाहते हैं वह संदेशा हमें मिलता है कि किस तरह से उसके घर में जो अनाज था जो पैसा था जो संपत्ति थे समाप्त होने पर मजबूरीवश उसे बाज़ार में खरबूजे बेचने आना पड़ता है और वहाँ आने पर बाज़ार में खड़े लोग तरह तरह की बातें तरह तरह के किस्से उसके बारे में सुनाते हैं और उस पर ताने कसे जाते हैं लेखक यहाँ पर भी कहना चाहता है कि परिस्थिति के अनुसार व्यक्ति अपना कार्य चुनता है लेखक ये सब देख रहा है सुन रहा है लेकिन उसकी पोशाक उसकी सबसे बड़ी अड़चन बनी हुई है और इसीलिए वह उस बुढ़िया के पास जाकर उसके दुख को उसकी संवेदनाओं को समझने की कोशिश नहीं कर सकता तभी उसे याद आती है वह सम्रांत महिला जमीर महिला जो अढ़ाई मास तक अपने पुत्र वियोग के दुख से उठी नहीं थी और दो दो डॉक्टर उसके सिरहाने बैठे थे सभी शहर के लोग उसके दुख में शामिल थे तो इन दोनों घटनाओं की तुलना में लेखक यह पाता है कि जहाँ पर 
संपत्ति है समय है वह अपने दुख को मना सकता है उसे उसका अधिकार है परंतु जिसके पास समय नहीं है जिसके पास संपत्ति नहीं है उसे यह सहूलियत नहीं मिलती और इसीलिए लेखक वहाँ से चला जाता है कुछ नहीं कर पाता परंतु इस कहानी के माध्यम से हमें बहुत बड़ा संदेशा मिलता है कि हमें जाति भेद ऊंच निजता अंधविश्वास रूढ़ी परंपराएं, जो हमारे समाज को बांटने की कोशिश करें समाज में दूरियाँ बनाने का काम करें ऐसे तत्वों को हमें दूर रखना है इंसानियत का मनुष्यता का नाता हमें जोड़ना है और हर एक उस व्यक्ति की मदद करनी है जो मुसीबत में है हमने पाठ के दौरान बहुत अच्छे अच्छे जवाब सुने आपसे आपने आपके विचारों को प्रकट किया और यह सुनकर हमें बहुत प्रसन्नता हुई कि आप भी ऐसे विचारों को रखने वालों में से एक हो तो सिर्फ परीक्षा के लिए नहीं बल्कि अपने आने वाली पूरी ज़िंदगी के लिए आप इस प्रतिफल को लर्निंग आउटकम को अपने पास रखेंगे अपने जीवन में उसे अपनाएंगे यही आशा करता हूँ और यही पे रखता हूँ मिलते हैं अगले पॉडकास्ट में तब तक के लिए घर पे रहिए सुरक्षित रहिए अलविदा